You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. Hey, it's our biggest episode of the year. Hit it, Mallory. Hit it with that. (laughs) Hit it with the slide whistle. Uh, It's our top books of 2023. Wow, wow, wow. Whole episode dedicated to it. Um, Can't wait to talk about these. We prepare all year for it. Yeah, we're ready. We're We're ready. ready. But first, Bria, what are you reading? Okay, I'm reading a 2023 book. I'm listening to a 2023 book because I didn't finish it before. We recorded this episode. Listen, y'all, we're all busy. It's the holidays. I don't know. There's stuff to be done. I am listening to Elliot Page's uh, uh, memoir, Page Boy. Which I've he heard reads. It's wicked good. It's great. It is. It, it's interestingly written because it's like it's a memoir, but it's like both like his life as an actor and then also growing up. But it's not chronological, so oh, it kind of like jumps. It'll be like the first role I did was this, and like these are the people I met, and like this is the person I had a crush on. But um, it'll also like jump to like oh here's what happened at the, like the premiere of Juno or whatever. So it's like wow. it really goes back and forth between just like his life and his childhood, and it's just a really well-written uh, memoir, and he reads it, which is really, it's like you're just hanging out with Elliot Page. He's telling you all his little stories. Oh, um, hell yeah. It's, I mean, I, I definitely check the content warnings. It's, it is dark, like, mm-hmm. and s- it's sad in a lot of ways, but it is also interesting to see that all, all that he's been through up until this point. Wow. Uh, what are you reading? Why am I still reading 2023 uh, listen, books? Listen, I know, Bria? listen. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I, it's just what happened. Well, because then you're like, well, I already got it. Yeah. Already got it. I may as well read it. Yeah. Right? Uh, I am reading a romance novel that we talked about in our most anticipated books episode for the autumn. And folks, it's good. Oh. It's Raiders of the Lost Heart by Joe Love Segura. It. Love it. And it's literally about two rival archaeologists who have to team up on this Aztec expedition and. Great. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> like the main character, she's amazing. She's this archaeologist and she's the top of her field, especially in this like one particular about this one particular Aztec myth. And she's always wanted to lead an expedition in this particular area of Mexico to look for the remains of this like ancient warrior. Okay. Um, because she thinks that she's related to him. Oh, okay. And one day she finally gets the the message that she and, and her expedition has been approved by an anonymous donor, but they won't tell her who the person is. They won't tell her who's in charge of the expedition. They basically, mm. a guy, guy basically shows up and is like, here's this thing. Your, t- your, your plane leaves in two days. And she's like, well, I don't want to go if I don't know who's doing it. And he's like, I know you're going to change your mind. I'll see you in two days and leaves. And she gets there. And of course, like the guy leading the expedition is just insufferable, mm-hmm. but also kind of sexy. Uh-huh, of course, as, you know, as it's happens. just like so much fun. If you've ever watched Indiana Jones and been like, man, I wish this was more of a romance. <laughs> it's for you. So it's Raiders of the Lost Heart by Joe Segura. And mine is Page Boy by Elliot Page. We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah wrote in. We got a lot of feedback, folks. And so this is Sarah who wrote in. She wanted to uh, get some books, book racks about horror with kissing. Oh, yes, of course. She just wanted to say that my D-plot joke. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mallory wants people to know this D-plot joke was good. I definitely do. We got a lot of feedback about this. It says, Mallory, your D-plot joke made me legit cackle and scared my dogs. It was a whole thing. Please never stop. Thank you for all you do. Sarah, we hope that the recs that we gave you will satisfy your horror with kissing desire. We also got some follow-up from Brandon. Oh, oh, this was the question of, Brandon wrote in and said, what happens when someone else takes over the book 
series that you love and mm-hmm. someone else starts writing it. How should I feel about it? And Brand wrote in, Dear Brianne Mallory, the series is the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, began by Stieg Larsson. Stieg Larsson? I don't know how to say his name. Continued by David Lagerkantz and now written by Karen Smirnoff. Sorry for the spacing and not telling you the series. I felt apprehensive about reading the new book, but read it and enjoyed it. Thank you for the advice. That was great. I had no idea that the girl from the Dragon Tattoo Wait, I thought you said that. was still going. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. But someone else said to me that, didn't you say at the time that that it was written by somebody else? No. No, I texted you when we got this email. We we talked about it. it. That's what it was. Not on the podcast because I was like, I did not know the series was still going. I did not know that Steve Larson died. And... I'm just learning all kinds of new things. But Brandon, yeah. I'm so happy that we gave you the the push that you needed to to, to try it and that you liked it. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, great. Uh, and Kaylee wrote in to say, about a year ago, I wrote you to thank you for your all reading is valid mantra because it made getting back into graphic novels after my brain injury feel worthwhile. I wanted to give you an update and say that my reading is back and I could not be more delighted. Aww. Yesterday, I read Dark Places by Jillian Ooh, Flynn one. one afternoon. Good, gone girl and sharp objects are better. I'm back. Thank you for your encouragement and what you do. Kaylee, Aww, hooray. That's great. amazing. We love it. We love to hear it. That makes us so, so happy. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Folks, we just want to remind you that tomorrow, the day after this episode comes out, December 15th, which is a Friday, we are having our members only, Maximum Fund members only, Glasser holiday party on Zoom. If you, We have posted a link to the, the Zoom party in Slack for all the members, but if you are not part of the Slack but still want to go, just send us an email at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We'll send you the Zoom invite. It's going to be tons of fun. We're going to have break out rooms again. We're going to be talking about our favorite books of the year. It's going to be a blast. We love having the holiday party. We love getting to see you all and see your faces. And if you're shy, you're also totally welcome to just lurk and not say anything at Mm -hmm. all and just hang out. But we're really excited about it. Mm -hmm. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Earth Breeze. This holiday season, you're stressed out. You need to get yourself a little gift. And you don't have a lot of money because we're all we've all spent so much money on people's holiday gifts. I always go, oh, I won't go nuts this year. But then you see stuff that you like from for someone mm-hmm. that you love and you spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So this is a gift that isn't super glamorous, but it does make your life easier. It's the gift of a better, more convenient laundry experience, which you can get by switching to EarthBreeze. Bria, what is EarthBreeze? EarthBreeze is the, are they, there's these little sheets that kind of look like dryer sheets. Yes. Um, but you put them directly into the place where you normally would put that heavy liquid, the liquid that like you have to get in the giant tubs. So sticky. Like, and gets everywhere. But instead you get this like, when it arrives in the mail, it is flat. It is flat like a little envelope mm-hmm. and you get a bunch of little sheets and you put them inside and you can rip them apart. I'm a subscriber. I'm, I have converted to EarthBreeze. I'm Same. a full-time EarthBreezer. Because <laughs> why I is quitting reading glasses yeah. because she's just doing nothing just doing but laundry. laundry. Nothing, nothing but laundry. And, and they have scented and unscented and they smell great. And it's just amazing. And you use exactly the amount you need. You can, you know, rip, rip it in half if you need it. If you only do a small amount of laundry, you can put a full one. If you do a big amount of laundry. And you don't have to get those stupid jugs anymore. And it's just better for the environment. It's not yep. just convenient for you. It's better for the environment. And it's still a good clean. Like sometimes you get worried about like, oh, well, this is a nice thing for the environment, but it's going to make my clothes not clean. No, they figured it out. They figured out how to make what normally would be a liquid into a solid, and that's all you need. It's magic, folks. And right now, our listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash glasses. That's earthbreeze.com slash glasses for 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash glasses. 
Glasses. Glasses. If you're black, you probably love you some Paramore, huh? Or what about the TV show Golden Girls? Ginger Ale? Daytime television? Don't lie, I know you love at least one of them. I'm Sequoia Holmes, pop culturist and host of Black People Love Paramore. Contrary to the title, it is not a podcast about the band Paramore. Each episode, I, along with the special guest co-host, dissect one pop culture topic that mainstream media doesn't necessarily associate with Black people, but we know we like. Tune in every other Thursday to the podcast that's dedicated to helping Black people feel more seen. Black People of Paramore is now on the Maximum Fun Network. Check out the most recent episode featuring Shar Jassel today. This week, folks, it's the most anticipated episode of the year. We are revealing our top reads of 2023 in all sorts of categories. We prepare all year for this. We run up steps. We eat a lot of, I guess not raw egg, raw tofu. Yeah. <laughs> We're taking a lot of protein shakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're waking up at before dawn. Mm. And it is finally time to tell you our favorites. And just remember, you do not have to write these down. You do not have to pull off to the side of the road to frantically type into your phone. You can check out the show notes either on MaximumFun.org, our reading glasses page for each episode, or in the show notes of Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We make a massive list of all these books, so you don't have to. Yeah. We'll also make a bookshop.org page. So if you go to the Reading Glasses page on there, you can go and find all of these books and uh, Mm -hmm. just see them right there. makes it very easy for you. So before we get into our favorites, every year one of our favorite things to do is ask the Glassers on our members-only Slack channel what their favorites were. And there were two clear winners, a big group of second place, and then a couple runners-up. And Mm. Bria, I was kind of surprised by some of these. You know, kind of surprised, but also, to be fair... A lot of crossover with us. A lot of crossover we with have us. Like, and I feel like more crossover than in the past. Because in the past, I feel like I'm always like, oh, yeah, that, I did like that book, but it wouldn't be like on my top, top. Whereas like this, there's a lot of crossover. Every single year, there's always one Glasser book that neither you and I, I, I read. And I know which one is yeah, on this list. I know. But they were, well, let's get into them. There were two winners that were very, very clear, got way more votes than any other. It was Fourth Wing and Yellow Face. Yeah. Yellow Face, I'm not surprised by. Fourth Wing is the book that you and I have not read. I know, but I'm not surprised by it. No, it's the hot book. I it, know, I know. It's like, I feel like uh, every time I look at Instagram, anytime I look, people are reading this book, we just haven't read it. This is, just doesn't fall yeah. into either of our wheel. Our wheel houses really mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like if you had to pick two books of the year the genre one would be fourth wing mm. and the literary one would be yellow face mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. book of the year and then the, the the group uh of like second place tie that all got a bunch of votes were starling house which i still haven't read i haven't read it either. which is bonkers because it's a haunted house book by alex harrow but this is such oh, a... I didn't know it was by Alex Harrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. This is wow. so embarrassing. When we got an arc of it, it was like a a, a PDF. And uh-huh. I just didn't ever take take a moment to, to convert, convert it. it. And I hate, <laughs> I hate reading PDFs so much that I just never ended up it's reading it. It's just one it. email. I know. I have oh, okay. to. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to okay. have to buy a hard okay. copy of it. Yeah. Um, but also Better Living Through Birding. Great. Love it. The Adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi, mm-hmm. which, not surprised. Of course. How to Sell a Haunted House. Yeah, wait for us to talk about that, too, mm-hmm. in a second. <laughs> Tress, Tress of the Emerald Sea, mm. Lone Women, 
What is Tress of the Emerald? I don't know that it's one. It's a Brandon Sanderson one. Ah, of course, of course, Another of course. one that's, like, not really in our wheelhouse, but glass, mm-hmm. glassers love it. Uh, Lone Women, another mm-hmm. non-surprise. And then, of course, Emily Wilde. Is it Lone Woman? Lone nope. Woman? Or is it more than one woman? It's Lone Women. It is Lone Women. You're right. Uh, I've been calling it Lone Woman. I, I'm just like, it's one just lady. the one. Just the one out there. <laughs> by herself. But, it, you know what? There are more than one. Which means you're not alone, if you think about it. Anyway, that's on my list. <laughs> Retitled to a group of ladies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia uh, of yeah. Fairies. Yes. And then runners-up were A House with Good Bones. Oh, yeah. And Hellbent. Which I didn't read. I didn't read either. Ah, uh, right. Mm-hmm. There's always a group of Glasser books that we don't read, but that's why we rely on the Glasser. It is right. So we know the yeah. hot, hot books that <laughs> yeah. are happening in the Glasser community. Yeah, 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 yeah. But cool. I, I love seeing what the Glasser favorites of the year are. Uh, so, Bria, before we get into our picks, do you have any thoughts on 2023 books in general? Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like my picks for this year are very obvious to me. Like, I feel like if you knew me, you saw what I read, you would probably go, I know which ones are going to be her top mm-hmm. picks. Like, it was, it's a lot of, like, old standbys. And towards the end here, I was like, ooh, I'm going to read this book. Maybe it'll surprise me. And this will end up on my—we were both looking for the unlikely animals of this mm-hmm. year, I think. And um, which There was wasn't one. A book that you and I really liked and ended up adding to our list at the end of last year. Last year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and But it was the standby authors that delivered for me this year. It was the ones that I was like, of course, of course, of course. Like, I mean, I already spoiled it, but Lone Women is on there because I love Victor Lavelle. So for me, it yeah. felt like these authors that are like the tried and true, like Bria faves ended up on my top list. Mm-hmm. What about you? Anything surprising? Anything interesting about your list? Yeah, I was kind of the opposite. Mm. I had kind of a weird year for reading, and I, I talk about it a little bit later in the episode, but I think a big thing for both of us is that we get arcs sometimes way in advance. I know. And, some and of you them, read them, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read them. Well, some of them, I have to blurb them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get, some of the books on this list, I read last year. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of front-loaded. Yeah. And you read so many 2023, too. I, I kept, you kept being like, it's a new one. It's coming out in a month. It's coming out, in, like, and I, I think um, which is good and bad. 80 to 85% of the <gasps> books I read this year were 2023 wow. books. I went ham you on did. 2023 you did. And again, I always like forget that reading books a year ahead of time really screws me up. So I was like, my my list was kind of surprising to me because sometimes some of them I was like, oh, I forgot I didn't even read this this I year. Know, so it feels kind weird. of disjointed. Yeah. I also, folks, I just want to tell you up front, mm. you gotta listen up here. I tried to read more literary fiction this year, and so oh. did Bria Grant. And but they didn't make it on the list. And no, they. This is a very genre heavy list. I for just both of us. we I we did our best. Yeah. And we still ended up with the list that we have. And people send a lot of emails about this. <laughs> and some of them are quite unkind, I will say. And I think we just have to accept that on this show, even though this is not, it's, it's more of a show about reading. And we do recommend books, but it is more of a show about reading. You can listen to this no matter what you read. But we're genre fans here. Yeah, we so what we like. And there are a ton of other podcasts that you can listen to that are more literary heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And we wish you well. But... If you like horny fairies and haunted houses, this is the place to be. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. So I just want to tell you right now, please stop emailing us. <laughs> this, is our, this is just our taste in books. This is who we are. And there's a lot of other podcasters <laughs> that you can go to. we're not apologizing for it. Listen, we like horny fairies and haunted houses and spaceships. I don't know what this else to tell you. This is where we are. It's who we are as people. Here we go. So speaking of, here we go. Here we go. All right. Tw- top, top 10 top of 2023. Books. Favorite books, Reading Glasses official picks of 2023. We have two shared picks, which one of these was kind of a surprise to me. It should not have been, but it mm. was. First one. How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Um, again, standby. Um, mm-hmm. I read it early in the year, and it remained one of the scariest <sighs> books I read all year. 
He's just the stalwart of, of genre. He's mm-hmm. just our guy. He re- yeah. reads a book. We like it. It like it feels like that. It's, it's yep. very obvious. And every horror fan out there, I feel like, is in agreement. This one was great. Scary puppet shit. It was wonderful. <laughs> I I loved it. Yeah, and you sh- it's, it was— 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I read this book. This was one of the ones that I read last— And oh, I remember like, when you read it, you are like, this is going to be on my best of the— li-. Like, literally over a year and a half ago, you are yeah, like, this is going to be on the, last, my best of Either last August or last September, because I had to blurb it, and I, test, I texted— I knew immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel the same way about this book, like that scene in Love Actually when he's yeah. got the poster boards. Okay. Like, to I, me, I this book is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is one of the scariest books I've ever read. I read it in one sitting— I, we love Grady on the show, and, and it's this is saying a lot because we love him so much. This is my favorite thing he's ever written. Oh, wow. Which is huge. Yeah. You know, we love all of his books, but this, like, because it's a haunted house book, and it's really, really scary, and it deals with a lot of grief. Like, it's just, like, very specifically, in like, my shit. Mm-hmm. And I love it. If I had to pick one book from this list, it would be this one. Mm. My tippity top. Mm. And then our second one was Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Yep. Yep. I mean, again, I should have known this would be my fave. You read it before me. You gushed about it. I read it. And I was like, that has horror. It has movie stuff. It It is like, has hot stars in it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Like, it's like just a very fun, very like great read that I didn't want to put down. I feel like it really delivered on the the promise of Sylvia Morena Garcia, mm-hmm. like, which, which is what I was really looking for. And like, definitely like a book that I think after all of us, we all read Mexican Gothic. We were like, we want something like that. And like the, this, this one kind it. of delivered that tone and vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of knew this would be on mine as soon as I saw the cover for this. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, here we go. This book really is just like made for, this is like where we overlap. It's like unlikable lady who's obsessed with horror and she makes movies and she's embroiled in some weird shit. Like this is, this is for us. It's just like. I love the main character so much. I love the way that Silvia Mariana Garcia writes her female protagonist because they don't give a shit about what other people think and they're very self-motivated, which is something I think you and I both really mm-hmm. like. They don't care if other people oh, yeah. like them. I love the mystery of it. I love the spookiness of it. I love the really quirky, weird romance that's kind of underneath all of it. Yeah, it's like, nice. Just another banger by SMG. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Okay, so those are our two and then we let's get into our individual picks. Bria, what oh, is your first? SMG. Sylvia Mariana Garcia has a same same um, initials as Sarah Michelle Geller. Wow. Wow, what does that mean? Okay. She should write a script for a Sarah Michelle yeah, Geller Yeah, yeah, totally. Get on it. Okay. My first one is my favorite literary fiction. I agree with the Glassers. It's Yellow Face by Arif Kwong. I could not put this book down. Mm-hmm. I remember you texting I, me while you were I reading I could not <laughs> sleep while I was reading it. I had to start reading a different book at night because I could not sleep while I was reading it. I was very worried, yet angry at the main character. And I just think that, like, this book for me was a feat of writing. It like, really, it really It was is. like— it made us empathize with this woman so much, but I also, like, wanted her to get caught. And we wat- got to watch her sort of, like, justify. She stole this other woman's book, and we got to watch her justify it to herself, where it starts with, like, well, I'm just going to take one piece. And then she's like, well, uh, you know what, actually, a little bit more. You know, I wrote this book. And it, like, becomes this thing where you watch it snowball the way you—it just the way you you can feel it happening. It's just very brilliantly written. Yes. And I I— I totally agree with the glasses. This was one of my favorites. I 
just thought it was amazing. I cannot wait. I, I cannot believe this is the first thing I've read by R.F. Kuang, and I know you loved Babel, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to go back and read that because I just was like, this was amazing. They're I very the different books, but oh, they're okay. both like, they're, they're just such different genres. Like one of them is like a fan, like a heavy world building fantasy honker and Yellowface is Yellowface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's she's she's a fucking genius. Yeah. And like, you know how Barnes & Noble picks like a book of the year every mm. year? I feel like it should have been Yellowface. Like, what was this, it? Uh, it was uh, the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by oh, um, James I, that's McBride. My, I didn't get to it, but I want to read yeah. it. Yeah, but the, I just feel like this is the book of the year. Mm-hmm. It was like the buzziest literary fiction. Everybody loved it. It really is like there's no, I've never read anything like this book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your first one? Uh, my first one is another book that I knew basically from Go was going to be on this list. It's my favorite short story collection of the year. It's White Cat, Black Dog by Kelly Link. Not a shocker to anyone who's been listening to the show all year. I think Kelly Link is a fucking genius. And I still think about this book all the time. Mm. There are stories from this book that I just will never stop thinking about. It's magnificent. There's just so many genres and it's so much, so much strangeness, but it's also just so compelling. And it, reading a Kelly Link book feels like an undertow. Mm. Like you step into it and all of a sudden you're like, whoop, there you go. <laughs> like, I, I just love her. I, I love this book so, so much. Oh, amazing. All right. What is your next one? Uh, my next is my oh. fave nonfiction of the year. <laughs> I knew this one was going to okay, be on I guess here. I'll say, even though this is a very heavy genre list, I have three nonfiction books. Uh, it's a lot for you. Uh, on, my, on, on the list, which, by the way, we have some, uh, we have 10 books, but then we have some extra ones that we did that we kind of were sneaking in. But anyway, it's uh, Raw Dog by Jamie Loftus. I just loved this hot dog book. I thought it was so good. <laughs> um, I think everyone should read it. It's like part road trip. It's that interesting like thing that we're seeing now where it's like self-insertion into mm-hmm. cultural criticism and cultural and and history. And it had like a lot of Americana in it, but but it's also like about her story. I just really liked it. And I, I'm a Jamie Loftus fan already, but I, I just thought that this was one of the most interesting books I'd read. One of the weirdest things I've read in a long time. Hot dog book. I can't. Yep. I, I can't believe this is on my list, but it totally is. I believe it. Okay. <laughs> what I is, believe it. What What is your? You have a nonfiction. I have my favorite nonfiction right? of the year, which I kind of wasn't expecting, and it just blew me away. It's the Art Thief by Michael Finkel. Oh yeah. And I had the huge pleasure to listen to this audiobook in one sitting, as I did a very long drive. Wow. It's like I think it's like six hours long, so it's not super long. It's just such a wild story mm. about one of the world's most prolific art thieves who didn't do anything with any of the art, but besides just put it in his bedroom so we could look at it. Love that. Like two billion dollars worth amazing. of art that yeah. he was just like looking at for fun. <laughs> it is the it's, the story is absolutely bonkers and it is told impeccably. I just think Finkel is one of the best in the game right now when it comes to these like biography like non-violent true crime because this mm-hmm. is technically a true crime book and I love this even more than his last one Stranger in the Woods which I really loved he just writes with a lot of curiosity but also compassion like it would be very easy to write this book and be like look at this piece of shit but he Michael Finkel really goes into who this man was and his life and like it's just amazing and he keeps it going at this like breakneck pace there's no sagginess in this. That's helpful. In this, this book has book. a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a masterpiece. I loved it. So that was my favorite nonfiction of the year. What's your next one? My next is my favorite horror of the year. Oh. And it's Black Sheep by Rachel Harrison. Mm-hmm. Again, reading glasses favorite. She can do no wrong for me. She's a standby. She's, like I said, this one like has cults. It has Satanists. It's fun. It's twisty. I think she's improving with like every book she does. And this one just like had me from go. And I just thought it was like, again, it's these, these like complicated female characters at the center, but also 
kind of just dealing with what it's like to be like the outcast of a family, but there's a twist to that. It's just like such an interesting book to jump into. Like the idea is interesting, but then it's also well-written on top of that. Yeah. So like, I just love this really good horror book. I, I guess we could also say that Grady Hendrix was a really good horror, but I'm going to say this is my top horror book. That, 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 yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson, I, this is my own ranking. I get to label them whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's your next one? Uh, I wanted to do a favorite continuation of a series because ah. often, you know, we know that sometimes the second and third book of a series doesn't get a lot of like end of the year love, awards list love. Like it's always like the first book in a series that sure. normally gets a lot of the buzz. So mine is shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It's The Mystery at Dunvegan Castle by T.L. Huchu. One of my favorite series of all time. This book was just a fucking blast. Like the main character is one of my favorite protagonists and I love how Huchu keeps delivering. He keeps like giving you what you want with your favorite characters and like, but he does things that are really unexpected, mm. which I think is really cool for a series. Like you cannot say that this is a formulaic series at all. There's going to be a fourth one. Uh, I Although I have no idea when it's coming out, but I, I just love what he's doing with it. And it's very easy to like, get into his, the rhythm of a series and just have it be kind of like the same thing book after book. And he really is like pushing the envelope with each one. And um, I think this is a very underrated series that more people need to get on. Um, what is your next one? Uh, oh. My next is my favorite mystery of the year. It's Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers. And I'll admit, this whole year is like a softer round of books, I feel like, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I normally would not have a favorite mystery, but this book was so enjoyable. It was so funny. I couldn't put it down. I... Didn't even know who did the murdering. I had no idea <laughs> to the end. I was surprised, but I was also like along for the ride. And then there's also great descriptions of food and teas and all sorts of stuff that I am here for. Mm-hmm. So it's like combined all these things that I really liked with just very enjoyable writing. Again, like I don't normally have a mystery on on here, but I just was like, yeah, I read a couple mysteries and this one was far and away just like the most, it was just so fun to read mm-hmm. and, um, and an actual mystery in yeah. that I did not know who did the murder? Who did the murdering? Um, so it, it checked all the boxes for me. Uh, what's your next pick? My next one is Monstrilio by Gerardo Simano Cordova. Another book I knew right away would be on this list. It's so fucking bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. And you can you know I love it because it's one of those books that each section is from a different POV and he never goes back. Mm-hmm. Which is normally in my dog. I like house. that. Yeah, you're but not a fan. This, I inhaled it. There's just like, there's so much going on in this book. Like there's a lot of about grief and family and belonging and otherness and also like horror stuff and monster stuff. It was just like such a huge swing Mm -hmm. uh, that Cordova nailed. Like it's just, I know like sometimes people laugh and say that like, if you describe a book as ambitious, that's kind of like saying like, oh, you didn't do it. Yeah. You you tried real hard. (laughs) Good good job. (laughs) But this book truly is ambitious and this author just nailed the landing. Hmm. Um, I just feel like there's no other book that I've read maybe ever that's quite like it. And I just adored it. It's so fantastic. Highly, highly recommend. What's your next pick? My next is my top historical speculative fiction, which you know this is important to me. It's a ca- category that a new I, hot I thing love. That we've, historical spe- speculative you fiction. You especially have fallen in love with. I, I love it. And it's the one we already talked about. It's Lone Women by Victor Lavelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this. It was spooky, but it had that like interesting thing about historical speculative fiction where um, I did a little bit of learning. Yep. I learned about Just this era. I was like, I'm not a Western reader. I don't know about like women going off and like homesteading and figuring or mm-hmm. anyone doing that. So I learned a little bit about that era, but it had a lot of horror that made me keep reading. 
I just loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought it also did a good job of being both something that was like accessible for people who didn't like horror, but people who loved horrors. Like yeah. it, it was that nice, like I can recommend it to a non-horror reader and I don't think they would be like, this is too scary, too weird. Like it is spooky, but it's not so scary that you, a non-horror reader could not read it. And so, the ending is such a surprise. That's great. It's so good. That's what, like, that's something I've thought about after I read this. It's just like, goes places that you do mm. not even imagine it could go and really does something so shocking yeah. in, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I, so fantastic. good. And what is your last one before the break? Ah, oh, man, I didn't get that to, to this one. Oh, I, my next pick is another one that you could probably guess. It's Funeral Songs for Dying Girls by Cherie Demaline, who I think is becoming one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. This book is just so beautiful and sad and romantic and hilarious. And it's all on top of this like gorgeous setting in an old rundown cemetery. It's like a lot of Mallory wheelhouse things. Mm-hmm. And it is YA. And I just inhaled this. And I just think all the morbid, hopeless, romantic weirdos need to also inhale it because it's just such a specific flavor of of book. And I've thought about it a bunch. And I just, I loved being in the book. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I've thought a lot about that feeling of like, walking around with the main character in this like cemetery and looking and like th- this like really surprising thing that there's a very unusual queer romance in it, which I, I don't think I mentioned as, uh, when I was when I first talked about the book. I just I, I love her and I really you know, when you start reading a book and you just like click with it. Mm-hmm. I had that experience with this. All right. So we have a bunch more picks. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Send your thoughts of your favorite books of the year to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week with Pear Eyewear. You can switch up your look in a snap with top frames for every event and occasion. So, Bria, Pear Eyewear is so ingenious. Basically, you pick from an array of shapes for your base frame, Mm -hmm. and then you get to pick top frames, which are these, like, little front of glasses, like, like just a, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, a pair that you, like, put on top, Mm -hmm. they click onto your glasses with magnets, which means you can change up the color, the pattern of your glasses 15 times a day if you wanted to. It's so cool and so smart. Yeah, and a lot of you are probably going to holiday parties. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about your new look for the new year, whatever it is. I love to wear my fancy clothes at the holiday parties. I don't wear them most of the year. But just imagine matching your glasses to your new fancy holiday beautiful sequined dress or red dress or whatever you're wearing. I don't know what kind of dress you're wearing, but I'm wearing a dress <laughs> and it's going to be cute. And you can match those glasses with whatever you're going to wear to the holiday party. The thing about glasses, if you, like me, wear them every single day mm. is, you know, it's both a necessity, but also, you know, you want to try to pick something that matches. And, you know, I always agonize when I buy glasses over. I'm like, what can I buy that will go with literally every single sure, thing that to, I own? Has to. But with to- with pair eyewear, you can get a bunch of different top frames and change up your the way that your glasses look every single day. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. If you were a person who wears glasses all the time, or even just for funsies, uh, you really should check this out. You should go to their website, look at the what top frames they have to offer. And they do the thing where you can do a virtual try-on where you can oh. find the right frame for you from the comfort of your own home. So you can make every look merry with Pear Eyewear. Go to pareyewear.com slash glasses for 15% off your first pair. That's pair, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash glasses. Glasses. Throughout history, sirens have captured men's attention, enticed men with their feminine wiles, and fulfilled men's primal needs. The sirens allure persists. They have not. 
Unless the primal need is I need to be smashed on the rocks. Yeah, I've sm smash me. Smash me, mommy. Smash me, mama. I smash me, mommy. <laughs> The sirens alone. <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? Strand me, baby. Strand, Strand me, me, baby. So, yeah, this is my brother, my brother, and me for Maximum Fun on Mondays. It's just like that. Just like that, but more, it's just like that, but more of it. There's, there's just more of that. Okay, Bria, ready for more picks. Ready. What is your next pick? Okay, my next one's probably my most surprising pick. This is, I, this is the one I was surprised to see. Okay, here. okay. Um, but it's because it's based on a lot of stuff I'm working on, and mm -hmm. I just felt like it really spoke to me this year. I made a little short this year about MLMs, multi-level marketing, not— <laughs> Although that's Bria's next short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MLMs uh, doing an MLM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be very exciting. But about multi-level marketing, I made a little horror short. And I got a lot out of this book. It's entertaining. It's interesting. It's just well-written. It's like, uh, oh, sorry. And the book is called Hey Hun by Emily Lynn Paulson. This one's life in an MLM pyramid scheme. And like, it's just really fascinating. And it's it's about how it targets a certain demographic of women who usually have just had kids or they're at home. And like, they're lonely. So they're looking for community or they're looking for a sense of purpose. And just how it's, it's a very not, it's a, it's a cruel system and mm -hmm. like, and there's no way to win it because pyramid scheme. Um, and it's, and it's about her journey through one and how she joined one. And then like her gradually becoming disenchanted with it and realizing what was going on. And I just loved it. I just thought it was so well done and very like timely, not just for me, but I also think for generally like women and like right now and like what it can look like from certain women when they're trying to get on their feet and figure mm -hmm. things out. What's your next one? Uh, oh yeah! I, I feel like every year we we each get like one or two books that are the Glasser books. Yeah, and you get Yellowface, I get Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia yeah. <laughs> of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. Which you can tell that I love this book because I finally here at the end of 2023 if can spell the title correctly I on the first spell try. It. Yes, yes, yes. The Glasses were right. This book is just so much fun and I've been trying to get more into fantasy this year and it really helped kickstart me into that. I'm really excited for the sequel. I think it's out either February or January next year. It's just like, what a great, fun group of characters. What a fun romance. What a cool world. I just like had so much fucking fun reading this. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just thought it was fantastic. And definitely, I'm like, I mean, it's really become, you know, our Swiss Army recommendation. Mm -hmm. And for people who are interested in getting yeah. into fantasy genre, this book is absolutely great. I feel like it's helping me get back into fantasy. And uh, I adored it. Very excited for the next one, which is, I think it's, Emily Wilde's Map of the Otherlands. Something like that, yeah. What is your next pick? My next one is one that lasted all year. We did our mid-year, you know, uh, uh, call out that we loved where we mm -hmm. were like, these are our best ones for the first six months of the year. Um, this is my favorite novella of the year. It is Nothing But the Rain by Naomi Salmon. I thought you would like this. I loved it. It's apocalyptic. It's beautiful. It's like the perfect story for a novella because it has a—it's short— it has a beginning, middle, and end, and you're like, it's very contained mm -hmm. because it all kind of takes place in this one little house in this one community that's dealing with this apocalyptic rain. And it just, like, really stuck with me. I just, I, I've thought about it a lot since, and it just was a really beautiful, well-written story by an author. I've never read anything by her before, so it's been just like a, I, I don't know. This one has been, like, the real, like, oh, I can't believe I'm still thinking about this book. Yeah. Yeah. What's your next one? This is my most literary 
Um, okay. Again, folks, we really tried. <laughs> this is about as close as I could get this year. Uh, but it is YA. It is uh, Phoebe's Diary by Phoebe Wall. Oh, yeah. I you just, just read this. I couldn't put it down. Oh, yeah. I loved it so much. It's just so, like, tender and vulnerable and genuine and sincere. Like, I don't know how Phoebe Wall managed to make a teen girl's diary about crushes in theater class, like, unputdownable, but she did. It's just, it. like, marvelous and, like... I hadn't really, I I feel like one through line for a lot of books that I love this year is that they were very unique. And this book I felt was just so like the format and all the illustrations and like, there's so much about this book that is so unique. And something I also really liked about it is it has a fat protagonist, but like, if you're looking for a book that has a lot of like joy of being a fat teenager and like there's a lot of stories out there that are about being a, a fat teenager and how rough it is, especially mm. in today's society, especially in early 2000s Ooh. and 1990s, Ooh. just when I grew up. But, you know, reading it's it's one of those weird things where you want to see that representation and you want to see that conversation be had. But sometimes it gets fucking depressing to just like read yeah. about how awful it is all the time. And this is like there's so much joy and romance and cuteness and fun in this book. And I just I fucking loved it. Like this was one book that I was writing my list and I was like, I have to put this on there because I want more people to read. I think it actually became a bestseller, but I haven't seen okay. a lot of glassers talking about it. Okay. So folks, check this out. It's so lovely. Mm. Probably the most delightful book I have on this list. <laughs> uh, what is your next one? Oh, it's our last it's one. It's my last one before we do our like specific categories mm-hmm. that we're doing, which is our way of sneaking in more books. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but my last one is, it's the one I'd say is probably like, the most loved by everyone. I keep seeing it on book lists. Yes. I mean, besides Yellow Face, which, but this one is also on a lot of book lists. Um, it's very chain, buzzy. Yeah, Chain Gang, All Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. It's his debut novel. Which I keep forgetting. I know. Well, he has that a short story book that I think is incredible, Friday Black. Yeah, so it's not surprising to me that this was also amazing. And I just think it's very, it's great. And like, there's a lot of people including it on their debut. They're like, oh, best debut author. But like, honestly, it is best of all. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's a reason it's on all of these lists. It's beautiful. It's weird. It's horrifying, it's timely, and it's good science fiction that is, like, doing the best thing that science fiction does, which is making a statement, a timely statement, with with science fiction. And yeah. I, that is just, like, really—he does a really great job of and that. I think there's sometimes sci-fi or genre books that get so popular, they have a lot of crossover into mm-hmm. the mainstream, and I think this, is, this book is one of those, Definitely. for sure. For sure. And what's your last one? My last one is a book that I have thought ev- about every goddamn day since I finished <laughs> reading it. And I had to— nominated as the best Edinburgh book of the year. Now I wanted this to be a specific category, <laughs> just so you know, but I didn't have one. And so she has to make it just her own. I had more than you would think. That's very funny. Which is funny, but Edinburgh's just the hot, hottest place. I wonder if like sometime within the next year, there's going to be a new literary city. Ooh, I hope so. That every book is set hey, That'd be in. amazing. Um, it is Hazardous Spirits by Ambara Salam. And it's based, it's a strange, gothic, literary, historical mystery which, oh yeah, so this is my favorite historical story. There you go, of, there you go. The speculative element is speculative. Okay, meaning what? It, it might be there, it might not be. Sure, 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 that's fair. So it's speculative, speculative. There's just so much going on with this book. Oh, like, it's, uh, you know, it's in the 1920s. It, it's talking a lot about post-war feelings. Um but it's also like very domestic and, you know, it's from the point of view of this wife who's in this um, otherwise very happy marriage. And then she wakes up one day and her husband's like, by the way, I can talk to ghosts now. And she doesn't know whether or not to believe him. And she she 
wants to believe him because she doesn't want to believe that her husband is experiencing mental health issues, but she doesn't want to believe mm-hmm. him because she's been keeping a huge secret from him right, and right, is right. terrified that a ghost that she knows from her past will tell him her secret. Right, right, right. So this yeah. whole book, she kind of vacillates between these two feelings of like frustration and horror at like what may, her husband might be making up or frustration and horror at what if her husband is really telling the truth and this is all real. And it's so, and they get involved in that world of spiritualism in the 1920s in Scotland. And it's just, and the thing about this book, besides like, I loved it and I inhaled it, but the last line of this book will kick you in the teeth. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And I saw some people tweeting, talking about it in the class or Slack. I have thought about the last line of this book like every single day since I read it. to my list. It will fuck you up. (laughs) It is so good and... I cannot wait to read more books by Ambara Salam. Like, I just love this so much. It's got so much stuff that I like, but it is, uh, it's amazing. Uh, All right. So those are our official picks, but we do have some special categories, some new categories this year. Our way of throwing in a few extras, but we love love these books too. We sure do. Uh Um, So I'm surprised we haven't done this one sooner. I know. But we finally created a category for best translated book, which Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting because translated books like we're talking about books that came out in the United States this year. But some of the books we're talking about the their country of origin, they might have come out five, ten years ago. They might like, you know, the timing is a little nebulous, but we tried to pick ones that came out in the U.S. this year. Bria, what is your pick? Uh, Mine's The Millhouse Murders by Yukito. This was tough because I read a lot of translated books this year. Yukito, Ayasuji, and uh, translated by Ho-Ling Wong. I love this. It was a mystery. Two mysteries on this list Two mysteries on this list. Can you believe it? I love, by the way, that we made a translated category because there was a lot of really good translated books this year. And this possibly could have been bumped up to my top 10, but I loved it. I read it in Japan. Dream come true. Yeah, I feel like great the, mystery book. You, the experience you had reading it makes you makes you have to talk about yeah, it in the for best sure. translated section. For sure. What about you? What's your translated book? This was such a surprise to me. It's 19 Claws and a Blackbird by Augustina Baz Tarika, translated by Sarah Moses. Translated by Sarah. Oh, you know. of course. You Extra points. Yeah. I love this. It's a short story collection. Mm. Uh, I loved it so much. And the, the reason why it surprised me is I didn't read Tender is the Flesh, uh, which is one of uh, the book, big buzzy book that she had. Yeah. Was it last year or the year uh, before? I don't know. But yeah, I got it at one point and then realized what it was about. And I, can't, I was like, I can't. I can't. I think both you and I have a thing about cannibalism and meat-focused books yeah, are in our doghouse. Yeah. Like, I think when you are a person who hasn't eaten meat in a long time and you already look at eating meat as like, like, like I don't look at meat as food, so it already kind of weirds me out. Mm. Reading a whole book about that is like not a place that I want to be for a long time. So I didn't read Tender is the Flash, but I, you know, I heard, I heard so much buzz about it. So I was really excited when I saw that, you know, this, this short story collection had gotten translated and it's just, it's, it's such a specific flavor because it is pitch black, right, dark, right. but it is really funny and really weird. And the best compliment I can give it is that there's a couple stories in here that I have thought about a lot and they remind me a lot about Shirley Jackson Oh, because there, so there's some stories in here that are really domestic. They're like from the point of view of a woman and they are very suffused with the like thoughts of women, like mm-hmm. uh, just things that women are socialized to care about, like what am I wearing? What does my apartment look like? Like all these things, but with like pitch black darkness mixed in. And it's fantastic. Like there's one um one story where a woman is in a in a cab and she is starting to wonder if the guy who is driving her around is a serial killer or not. Oh God. And I feel like that's such an experience that a lot of women have. And she's like thinking about 
what she's wearing and her coat and like how she looks and like both is terrified that she looks unappealing to people but also doesn't want to be appealing because she doesn't want to get murdered but she's like it's like such a specific experience and she writes about it and like a lot of the stories are like a page long two pages long very mm-hmm. succinct which i like oh yeah i like that too and uh yeah just absolutely fantastic um all right what's our next special category um we're doing best graphic novel which we do try to do every year uh mm-hmm. what's your best one this year Guest in the House by Emily uh, yeah. Carroll. This one is wild. It is a masterpiece. The artwork is incredible and dreamy and gorgeous and I've weird. I've read her other one. This is it short or is it? The, no, it's like a it's a full, full length, length okay. graphic novel. Um, I and this is another one kind of like Hazard of Spirits where the ending is such a shock, and I reread it like three or four times. Wow, just the ending. Like wow. I was like, I have to go back and like it just <laughs> it blew my mind it's maybe not for everyone because it is so surreal um but if you like spooky gay shit this is the this is the graphic novel for you uh right. what is your favorite graphic novel uh, mine's heartland by tim seeley which i don't think i got a chance to talk about no. on the show um i've been a fan of tim's for i love his work i'm a big fan of hack slash and a bunch of other he's just done every book he puts out i'm i'm a big fan of this one is a real like smack in the face to the superhero genre and I love that like it's about a, a, like a disgraced superhero going home and it's exactly kind of what I want to see in comics where it's like if you know the tropes of superheroes if you know the world of superheroes you can kind of really uh this this one is like for you like in the same way like maybe the boys is kind of like a meta mm-hmm. superhero one this is also that but a little bit not quite as dark, but it is pretty dark. And I just loved it. I thought it was so good. I loved the art. I loved everything about it. It was kind of exactly, it's a very comic lover's comic. Like that, it felt like something like if you had, if you like comics and you like superhero comics, but you're looking for something new, this is the book for you. Ooh. All right. Next category is a new one for us, which again, I'm surprised we haven't done this earlier. It's favorite audiobook. What was your favorite audiobook of the year? Um, I'm going with Better Living Through Birding by Christian Cooper because first, it's great. <laughs> Second, He's just a joy to listen to. And yeah. I wanted to specifically put it in this category because of his voice and his reading style and how, what a joy he is to listen to. And also, between the chapters, there are bird tweets. <laughs> there are bird tweets. This is the best audiobook. Yeah, There's no great. better audio, audiobook. This is the best one. Um, it's amazing. What is yours? So mine is Leg by Greg Marshall. And I have to make a confession. So I pre-ordered this book, bought it in hardcover, and I got it. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought the type was a little bit small. Oh, yeah. I've been getting spoiled by my Kobo. Yeah, it happens. And I have a few books like this where, like, I'm really interested in them. And I'm like, why haven't I read that yet? And I pick it up and I'm like, oh, this type is just a little too small. <laughs> uh, so I decided I'm going to get the audiobook. I got the audiobook from the library, which Greg Marshall himself reads. And I fucking loved it. He is a great narrator. He is really fun and tender with a really funny and tender story. Because mm. it's about, uh, you know... I, I talked about it before, once on the show about, you know, he's a guy who grew up, he has uh, cerebral palsy and right, his parents never told yeah. him. And he found, finds out when he's in his early 30s, when he's applying for health insurance. And then he kind of has to like go back and look at his whole life and be like, oh my God, I have a disability. <laughs> like, and, like and, and he just goes into like, how 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 he got to that point, what his family is like. His parents are fucking hilarious. He like so many things have happened in his life. It's also a lot about because he's gay and he was like I there's a part in a book where he thinks it's so funny. He's like, it was not hard for me to come out as gay. It was hard for me to come out as disabled. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just so it's so interesting. It's such a unique story. And he tells it in such an again, just a funny, gentle, wonderful way. And I I adored it. 
What's our next special category? Uh, the best b- debut, which I don't Ooh. know if we've done before either. No, this is a new one. Okay, for cool. Us. I, I like that, and I had to go and see what books were debuts that I had read because sometimes not, I'm not aware. They're not always labeled as a debut novel. Yeah. So, what is your best debut? It's the September House by oh, Carissa I Orlando. Read this. It blew my face off. Oh, and I could not believe this was a first novel. As you seem to still have a face, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I have a second. I have one underneath. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm like a Mr. Potato. As your resident haunted house fiend here. It is very rare for me when there's a haunted house book I read that's unique and gives me something I haven't seen before, which I normally, like, you know, I don't care. Give me the same old cookie cutter haunted house. I will eat that shit up. But this just really did something so different that I couldn't, I I was so blown away. It's so creative and beautiful and creepy. And it's like such an interesting way to look at abusive relationships Mm. because she's kind of an abusive relationship with this house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Cool. She, like... It, like and she's so it, it's really it's so dry and funny like she will be walking around this house and like a, like a, a horrifying bloody ghost will appear and she'll be like you again yeah. like and it's just like and at first it, it transforms from something that's like very slyly funny and spooky into something that is really deep and heartbreaking but also ends up in such a triumphant way like I was just, again, so blown away and really impressed. And I will definitely be pre-ordering whatever her next book is. Hmm. And what is your favorite debut? Mine's Chlorine by uh, Jane Song, which you recommended to me. Another unique um, book. It's, it's got swimming and body horror, and it was great. I think it's a language first book. For sure. And it's very, like, surreal and weird. And it's not usually something I would pick up, but this one, like, really won me over. I just think it was really great. And for a debut novel, I'm always like, well, enough. Like, like, you know, once you've been, like, creating stuff for a while, it's always when someone does something, like, and this is the first thing they've done, you're like, how did you do this? This is amazing. And I can't wait to see what else Jade Song does. So our next category, which we have talked about in the past, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done this one. Book that we feel should have gotten more buzz. Yes. What is your book that you want to buzz Number 11 on our list. Um, uh, I I think Mr. Magic by Kirsten White. Why are we not all talking about Kirsten White all the time? We should be talking about her every day. I'm going to get a banner that says Kristen White and I'm just going to march yeah, down we, the street. We need to like, okay, like this is book, everything, every every book she's done is a banger. All every bangers. book. This one is like a weird fiction slash horror book about former child stars and this like entity. And like, it is so what the fuck. Like, it's so amazing. I just think she should be at the top. I think we have these like lists of horror people and she isn't on there as much as she should be when no, she's, she's putting out the same amount of good work yeah, as, sure. as, the, as Grady Hendrix. Like she's doing every book. Like I read another one of her books this year. And so I think that's why I'm like, hey. Guys, let's pay attention to her. She's yeah, so good. We're putting a spotlight on you, Kristen White. Yeah, she. It's like it, this was just. I loved this book. It was so fucking weird. Just it, amazing. Uh, again, another like unique. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I, I when I blurbed it, I said it's Stepford Wives meets It. Yeah, great, great. Which I was. I there. I would never have bet that those are two things that you could ever combine. But somehow that works. She does. Yeah. In this like. It's just such a unique book. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so great. It's just great. It should get more buzz. I think all of her work should get more buzz. Uh, what about you? Who could, should get more buzz? What book? I feel the same way about fucking Diana Biller yeah, as you sure. feel about Kirsten White. My pick for this is House of Secrets by Diana Biller. It is my favorite romance of the year. And I'm disappointed with all of you because I'm not seeing enough people talk about this book. <laughs> you got to get on the Diana Biller train. Uh-huh. 
This book has so much. It, it takes place in Vienna. It's a historical romance. It's got a cool old hotel. The protagonist is like this older, super sex positive woman. It's got really like the banter is super steamy. Mm. It's got this like underlying mystery about the hotel that's going on. Love it. I just adore Diana's books, maybe because I'm a, I'm becoming a historical romance fiend. But I really feel like, again, like you feel about Kirsten White, people are talking about their favorite romance authors. And I feel like Diana Biller has to be in the conversation here. Yeah. Like she is putting out historical romances that have like some other like I feel like she flips the script where a, there's a lot of like genre books out there that are mystery or horror and have like a romance subplot. She has romance books that have either like a historical mystery or horror or some kind of other subplot yeah. going on. And I think she's just fucking fantastic. And I love this book so much. What is our next it's special book, book we want to see adapted? Mallory, we have the same one. I know. And I didn't pick this. <laughs> I did not look at Mallory's list. I picked this independently of Mallory. Do you want to say what it was? Because what the book was. This is the book we want to see adapted into something. Yeah. What Stalks Among Us by Sarah Hollowell. Such a good book. And oh my I just God. could I could visualize it. And I yeah. think that was why I was that watching I kept thinking book. about it at like as a visual. And so like I want to see this on a screen. Yes, for yeah. sure. It is so it's I mean, we had Sarah on the show. She's a friend of the show. It's such an interesting concept of these two teens that get trapped in a corn maze mm. and keep finding mm-hmm. versions of themselves that are dead. And it's like, I could, like, if I could have opened up my head like a Mr. Potato Head doll and stuffed this book in my brain, I would, like, I felt like I could not read this fast enough because I was so desperate to find out what was going on. And it is like, it's so cinematic. Like, the whole time, I, I literally felt like I was just watching it. I agree. I agree. Huh. So, totally. I chose this independently of you, which is so weird. Uh, yeah, we. Oh, I love it. And I did see, I did see, there's a few of these, but I, I uh, that were on Best of, but I definitely saw a few people talking about this one because it like I think I I had have more YA on this my list this year yeah. than I have a, a lot of other years but there's just a lot of bangers mm-hmm. this is our last book category yes. um which is our favorite thing we read this year that was a non-2023 read as a person who read 85 percent 2023 <laughs> books what was yours the best of my little tiny 20 to 15 percent bunch was long division by Kiese Lehman okay this is so weird because I just looked this up because I was like wait did this? Did, I thought it came out this year. It got it originally it, came yeah, out in, 20, in 2021, and it got re-released uh, with a new cover. So this could have gone either way. Okay, this book fucked me up. Bro. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. It's just like the way that it's written is genius. Like it's and it sounds kind of gimmickly, like like oh, you could read this book front ways or back ways, mm-hmm. but. It's just one of those books that, like, the second you finish it, you want to reread it mm-hmm. because you're like, what just happened to me? Yeah. And, like, this, it's, like, got time travel and this, like, I love the the language of it, like, the way that it is written. It's just one of those books that is so almost, I don't want to say unassuming, but because, like, it's from the point of view of a teenager. So you're not expecting, like, this mind-blowing time travel book. Like, talk about this teenage kid who, like, mostly cares about girls mm-hmm. and basketball but it's it's just so it's so I, I I've thought about it a lot mm-hmm. and I love it so much what was your non-2023 read I had never read House on the Cerulean Sea by TJ Clune never wrong and now I'm a Clune convert uh, I'm a Clune head I'm <laughs> I'm I'm in for it so I mean like yeah by far that was like such a fun read yeah yeah it, like I mean again the glassers were right it's mm-hmm. it really is a special it's, it's I saw somebody describe it as a warm gay hug oh yeah yeah that's what it is it really is all right then we have a special category because so many books come out this year we don't have time to read all the books y'all we have jobs we do try really hard though and Mm -hmm. i do 
I'm glad we're doing this category because there's a couple books. There's one book on my list that came out today. And oh, I always feel bad for those December oh, books. Yeah, me too. December and January books because like they get, I feel like they don't get the love that they deserve. And uh, so we're going to list out our books that we wish we would have gotten and to. And there's a big, this is a big list. I just picked a couple because I was yeah. like, I feel like there's so many. Wait, you want me to go first? You want yeah, to go first? you go first. Okay. Um, Edith Holler by Edward Carey. Which I also wish that I would yeah. have gotten to. Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo. Mm-hmm. Um, Whale Fall by Daniel Krause, who so many people told me to read and I just did not get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ripe by Sarah Rose Etter, who I like her work. And then one that people kept recommending to me and I think I'd really like it, but I didn't get to it. America the Beautiful by Blythe Robertson. Did not get to those. I'm so sorry. What about you? You have, oh yeah, these are good too. My first one is Twilight Falls by Juno Black, which is another in the Shady Hollow series. We all know how much I love that. And I, the reason why I didn't read it is I had, I forgot that last year, I think they released two of them. So I read one this year. I read Cold Clay. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I read the, the Juno Black book for the year. And then I looked at it, I was like, fuck, this came out last year. Oh, no. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for the next one in the series. The new Roxanne Gay book, which I've been waiting on the audiobook from the library for like months. The, these two, the, these are, there's two nonfiction that I've been waiting on the audiobooks for from the library. It's Opinions by Roxanne Gay and What About Men by Catelyn Moran, two of my favorite, favorite, favorite nonfiction writers. And listen, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming <laughs> me. I'm not blaming the library. We all want these books. Uh, we all want the audiobooks for them. And I'll just have to wait. And But I, th- these are two books that I was pretty sure would be on my list if I had, if I was not, you know, 392 place in line uh, at on Libby. And the last one is the book that came out today, which I'm really bummed out about that I didn't get to read it. It's Welcome Home Stranger by Kate Christensen. And the reason why I'm excited to read it is it's because about a girl from New England who's estranged from her family and living in Los Angeles. And she goes back home to New England. And I was like, this is made for me. Uh, yeah. Well, but those sad December books. I'm sorry, December books. Yeah. We're doing our best here. But those are... Maybe they'll be on our fa- they'll Maybe they'll be our favorite non twenty four books of twenty twenty four. Yes. Um. So, folks, we hope you enjoyed this. This is our. I mean, this is what the whole year is leading up to, basically for us. A lot of reading, a lot of work, uh, and we would love to know what your favorites are. And I, I, we've already. We're again. We're recording this episode, so we can't put anything more in. But there is a thread in the Slack channel about favorites, and I'd love to if you haven't posted there. Tell us what you love. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, and shirts and stickers over at our Void Merch store. Maybe you're like, wow, Mallory and Bria read so many 2023 books for for the show. And I want to pay them back and get a cool sweatshirt or a <laughs> cute tank top in the process. It directly helps us. We get a, a money every month from that store that helps us pay our cats who are very expensive to feed. We pay our cats? No, to feed them. Oh, you said to pay the cats. Oh, well, <laughs> well you're, I do. My cats do. They have a. They're not on their. They're, they're blackmailing on, me. <laughs> I was going to say they're on their pay, on the payroll. <laughs> nope, but, nope. They blackmail me. They're like, we see they all the weird much. stuff you they do, and we we made our own Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Took three of us to hold the phone. <laughs> so the link in the show notes for our Void Merch store. And if you like the show and you want to do a nice little something that will be totally for free for us as a thank you for putting together this episode. Please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Open up that mobile app. Give us a five-star rating. Write a nice little review. It really means a lot to us. It helps the show in a measurable way and warms our hearts that are so, so tired after reading so many books. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading.
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.